0: Welcome to episode one with my guest, Ananda. I am your host, Babi Sidibe, and this is the Open Closet Podcast, a podcast that aims at amplifying the lived experiences of LGBTQIA plus youth across the globe. And yeah, we'll be speaking about everything and anything from early childhood experiences to experiences of coming out, how friends and family reacted to that finding a community, navigating intimate relationships, and so, so much more, I promise you. Uh, While you're at it, please remember to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you listen on, and also follow the social media pages. Oh, I can't speak. Well, yeah, this. but I want a podcast. I have a podcast. Well, I started a podcast. Um, follow us on social media pages at Open Closet Podcast and complete the surveys available in the link tree. Um, as far as the surveys, I hope to read them out in future episodes at the beginning. So, yeah, tell me your stories. Share about your loves, your hurts, your struggles and your successes and maybe i will actually share your story on the
1: podcast awesome thanks enjoy the episode i remember my sister said i was marching from the one side of the kitchen to the other saying i'm a lesbian i'm a lesbian (laughs) and is how do I pronounce your name uh do you want to try first
0: <laughs> okay um so I would say Sananda
1: yeah perfect okay yeah Sananda Desorme Sananda great um
0: yeah. and can I ask uh where's where's it from like in terms of origin
1: um oh that's a tough one it's I don't know if it's like kind of like Indian Middle Eastern like that type of situation but it it has oh it could even be Sri Lankan I'm not sure I actually oh. need to it's just that type of vibe <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah basically it's All it's right. kind mm-hmm. of that vibe but um, let me just check these uh different I've googled it before and they will always be like different oh it's from here it's from there um but it's quite a spiritual name yeah yeah be... yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then your last name seems French. <laughs> it's the most French surname. And right. I, yeah, yeah, it's the most. It's uh, Desorme mm.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm My dad is French Canadian. <laughs> right. right. You don't want to try? <laughs> <laughs> I can. Okay. Should I
0: try? I'm afraid I, I have a lot of shame and embarrassment of getting people's names wrong, but I, okay. ah, give it a try. Say it one last time Desorme
1: Desorme Yeah, oh, we'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's, you know, des or more. How about that? Des or more. Just as long as you don't say the X, you should be fine. Right. Des or more. There we go. That's perfect. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Um, And you are Pabalo, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Pabalo,
1: Remy. And then I go by Babi. And then, yeah. uh, uh yeah she her i guess you know i'm i'm very old school about certain things i kind of forget <laughs> about these pronouns i have to be reminded like oh sh- sh- shoot yes she her yeah i guess yeah, that's Great. that's what i go with yeah awesome yeah
0: um yeah also just like really uh came out if i could say recently as they them and okay. i have to keep reminding myself that that's how i identify because yeah she her was just also not working at some point mm-hmm. um Yeah,
1: I still need to learn a lot about that, to be honest, like Mm -hmm. about pronouns and they, them. I'm still learning a lot, you know, as a very lesbian woman. I still need to learn about, you know, a lot of things as well. I'm very open to things. Yeah.
0: And that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Guest for the show then. Yeah. Um, Please tell me about yourself.
1: Yeah, I studied psychology. Um, I did my honors a while ago, I'm kind of taking my time with the whole psychology thing. Um, And I kind of took a break from that, because I felt like I needed to work on myself. Um, As somebody that has dealt with anxiety for many, many years, I felt like I have to kind of work on myself before I can kind of help other people. So. I'm only slowly getting back into like the psychology thing, but right now I deal with training and curriculum development. So that's basically um, what I do, but I love psychology and I will get there eventually, but I think I haven't been very good at putting myself first. I'm not very gentle with myself, to be honest. Mm. Um, So I think the past year and a half, I've had to kind of put myself first and, Get to know myself and my needs and like what is that I need to do and what is good for me, what is not good for me at the, the moment. So that's that's my journey at the moment. Yeah.
0: Wow. Absolutely beautiful. Um yeah. I want to get to the anxiety part. Um, but yeah. first would you mind like painting me a picture, like a snapshot of a younger you? <laughs> How young are we talking? <laughs> As young as you can remember, just so that we can get an idea of like um, family, you know, what kind of home or situation you're born into, both parents, single parents, you know.
1: Yeah, I had a very, very interesting upbringing, actually. I was born in Lesotho. My mom is Lesotho. My dad is French-Canadian. Lived there for a bit and then moved to the Free State, um, which was very interesting coming from a place of having a black mom and a white dad living in the free state. And back in the day, the free state was not very open to interracial couples, you know, seeing, it it was very difficult. It was very, very tough. So there was many challenges with that. Um, And I think that kind of affected who I am. It still affects me. Yeah, I think to this day and who I am as a person, you know, I have to be very stern with who I am because, you know, kind of growing up, um, you know certain people didn't really um, understand like being biracial or mixed race whatever you want to call it actually no, know biracial or mixed race that's that's it that's what I identify as wow. um, and that was a bit of a struggle um, but you know you kind of find your community you find the people that understand you um, you kind of gravitate to a specific group and um, I think I went through moments as a kid of being very vocal. Um, I was a very vocal little girl, <laughs> very, very vocal and energetic. And then I think as I got older, I started kind of changing and being a bit shy because now I'm dealing with, oh shit, I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to women, you know, and uh, that was very tricky for me because then I kind of started withdrawing as a person because I couldn't really express myself fully you know mm. and um as much as you know I still had this personality of being very vocal and very talkative I was hiding a big part of myself you know mm. um oh man that was tough that was really really tough um and I think that definitely affected my anxiety but yeah living in the free states you know It was, uh, it wasn't always the best, Um, Mm -hmm. but I made the most of it. I had some good friends, you know, I had family close by. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, It was like, kind of like a small community. People, like when they hear that I grew up in the free state, they're like, I don't understand. You don't seem like somebody that grew up in the free state. You don't sound like somebody that grew up in the free state, but Mm -hmm. I had a very um, humble upbringing, you know? So Mm -hmm. moving to Joburg was very like, everything is like flashy and pretentious, sorry. But right. there's just this, this element of you have to act a certain way and be a certain way. And for me, it's like, I'm not that person, you know? Um, I'm very just, I'm just the opposite of that. I guess you can say like, with regards to that, I'm like a farm girl, you know? Like I don't care about most things that people care about in the city. Mm. So that's kind of how I've been raised. Um, but yeah, you know, my family, yeah, you know, I have a sister. We're very, very close. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very close. She's my older sister. She's three years older than me. Mm-hmm. And we kind of had each other a lot, you know, growing up as like biracial in the free states. And, you know, we had each other to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm so grateful for that. But um, yeah, in school, it was a bit tricky because you had to identify as colored and mm. i'm not colored you know it was very hard it was very very hard and i think that's why now i'm very much like this is who i am i'm not going to have a, i'm not going to try and over over explain who i am as a person because in high school and in primary school i had to keep on saying this is who i am and people kind of didn't take that seriously mm. even your close friends they didn't understand it's like no no sananda you're colored or you're this and it's like no no I'm not you know so I had a very interesting very very interesting um coming from a family of, a, of of a white dad and a black mom you have a very interesting life <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not it's not usual it's not like every every other person well not ev- every house is different it's just it was an interesting dynamic yeah very interesting
0: <laughs> right I can just yeah. end um would you mind like drawing the contrasts between life in the free state and then you say later on in your life you moved to Joburg and mm. maybe the differences of how you've been received in those two
1: provinces? Um, let's see. In the free state, well, now it's a bit better, I think. But back in the day, it's, you were kind of seen as like not to everybody, but certain people, especially like there's a huge Afrikaans community in the free state, like massive. That's basically where the Afrikaners, um kind of, you know, hang out and they weren't really, you know, a lot of people would say things like, oh, and you have kind of like certain level of privilege, right? Because you're like half white. Mm-hmm. But it's like, people don't necessarily see you as half white, they see you as, you know, for them being black was a problem and I, I didn't understand that. So um mm-hmm. I felt like in the free state, I was always trying to explain myself, always explain myself, always explain myself. It's a lot better now, but as a kid you're young and you're like confused and you're not as confident. Um, So it was just thing of, of having to explain myself all the time and sometimes feeling like people didn't understand you, Um, which I don't feel like I have that issue with regards to, maybe my race and who I am as a person on the, like exterior wise. Yeah. I don't really have to do that in Joburg because it's so diverse. There's so there's so many different cultures, religions, you know, races and things like that, that it's it's common. It's, you're not like, oh my God, what is that? <laughs> you know, it's like normal. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the nice thing about Joburg. You can be yourself. I think so. To a certain extent that is on the outside. No, I'm not talking inside, but outside you can kind of be yourself. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you touched on personal inside struggles, which is anxiety. And yeah, yeah. I'm wondering how does that play itself out and display itself in your life? What, what are your triggers?
1: Um. Well, 10 years, when was it a couple, I don't even remember, like a couple of years ago, um, When was it that I started? I think it was a while of this anxiety kind of building up, building up. I think as I was getting, sorry, what was your question again? Like, I feel like I just lost it there. Can can you just say the question again?
0: Um, Yeah, Um, basically just how your anxiety plays itself out. What are
1: your triggers? What are my triggers? Um, I don't think with anxiety, I think people kind of think like, um, you know, what's making you anxious? I think there's this assumption like, what is making you anxious. And when you deal with anxiety, it's not like having a moment or two of anxiety or having a day of anxiety. Like you literally live with it 24 yeah. seven. So, I mean, you won't necessarily know unless I start speaking to you about it or whatever, but I kind of, you know, keep it in to a certain extent, unless like you're my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of always there, obviously when there's really stressful things um, in life, maybe not being understood or when you're moving to a new place, like just things like that can really um, affect you. I think I'm very much like hard on myself Mm -hmm. in general. Like I can be, like I said, I'm not very gentle with myself. So that can make me extremely anxious as well. But um, with anxiety, it's just like, it's just there. Like, I don't know how to explain it because people always say things like, oh, I have anxiety. And they just think it's like a moment. Mm -hmm. And when you deal with anxiety, it's like your life. It's not a moment in time. It's not like a specific trigger. It's like, this is who who you are 24-7, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just about managing that. Um, And some days are fine. Some days are worse. Um, And it's just something that you just have to manage, really, like you just have to be very conscious and gentle with yourself. And that's what I've kind of been trying to do the past year and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't want it to affect my life. You know, I don't want it to stop me from doing things and going certain places. I try for it to not, I have to have certain conversations with myself. You know, most people do things and they don't have conversations about it. They just go out and do certain things. For me, it's like, I have to talk to myself. Like everything's fine, you know? And then I just go out there and I'm fine. Mm. So I think that can be very tiring for for a person with anxiety. It's this constant conversation with yourself, constant, 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 mm. um, which is boring and tiring. But yeah, you live with it. You you live with it. It's a part of you. It's I think it's kind of also molded me into like a a gentle person. Like with regards to other people, I try and be very accommodating i think i'm a very good listener because with anxiety you want somebody to be able to listen to you you want a bit of reassurance so i'm kind of the person that doesn't mind giving reassurance doesn't mind listening um so i think it also has like positive aspects to a certain extent yeah
0: right right. no thank you for so much for sharing i mean yeah um you touched on quite a few things there, but um, one of the most important things I think I got from that was that you basically said that you're not on meds; you're just managing your anxiety by, like, using the uh, yeah. behavioral rather approaches in terms and yeah. the narrative no. itself right? Mm.
1: No, for sure. Like I did start with medication many years ago. Like uh, they're like, try this. And it was great when I first took, you know, anti-anxiety medication. It was like, wow, Mm -hmm. is this how people live? (laughs) Is this life? Mm -hmm. You know, everything was so calm. The first time, I'll never forget that moment. The first time I I was on that medication, everything was so peaceful. It was so calm and everything was so bright and colorful. Mm -hmm. It actually makes me emotional because that was a beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't last you know, and I don't want to be the type of person that relies on medication because it has side effects. You know, you have to think about your body, your liver, Mm
0: -hmm. your,
1: just your everything. So I decided a couple of years ago that like, I'm not gonna be on medication. I'm just going to do it myself. And I did. And sometimes with anxiety, you get affected physically as well. Like you can have panic attacks. You feel like you're going to die. Um, so for me, I needed to get on something that was gonna have that was gonna help me physically, like my my chest, my tightness, and in, in my chest, and 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 my breathing, and things like that. Um, right. So I was like, let me go to a homeopath, let me see what the homeopath says, you know, like. Uh, so I went to a homeopath, and he suggested like just your know, normal um, herbs. And I grew up in a very in a home where we were. We have loads of tea, loads of herbs. So, I kind of like that because I grew up in an environment where even now, like when I'm feeling sick, I know to go to the cupboard and take out a specific tea for when I'm sick. Like I know I'm very, I know a lot about tea. Mm-hmm. So it was like great. Let me let me try those things out, and they really surprisingly, I was actually shocked how fast they worked. Um, within three days, I wasn't having certain physical symptoms like tight chest and things like that. So, yeah that was that that was kind of useful yeah but um I don't always take it I just take it once in a while um Mm -hmm. I think in the beginning I was taking it often and now I kind of forget and I'm busy and things like that but um there is something for me if I if I feel like I need to take something but it's natural Mm -hmm.
0: no absolutely amazing thank you so much for sharing that um of course yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I just want to circle back to something else that you touched on, which was uh, really got to do with one of my first uh, questions that I had written down for you. But you spoke about realizing that you were different from other kids. Um, mm-hmm. When was that? And could you give me a maybe the highlights? you know those realizations because people always like when did you know I'm just like well there were many different moments so which one do you want to know um so pick your favorite moment or your most terrifying yeah
1: you know it's so interesting because like as you get older and more people are coming out more people are open about coming out you realize that a lot of people only realized when they were much older in university or in end of high school and it's like for me I knew the moment i could speak you know basically um i remember my experience in kindergarten was extremely tough because when you're small everybody has like you know little crushes on like that boy and things like that and it was just it was a there was a specific boy scott you know scotty Mm -hmm. um and all the girls had a crush on him like all of the girls and i was just like i i don't care (laughs) You know, like, I'm just like, why don't I feel something? And I was just like looking at the other boys and I was just like, I don't feel anything, you know, and it was very tough. But then like the girls were looking very interesting to me. I was just like, You know, gravitating and wanting to hang out with specific girls, you know, on the playground. And that's when I, I knew I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that like, I wasn't interested in boys. and um there was no like at that age there was nobody really talking about like lesbians and gays and bisexuals and all of these things I just knew that I did not have any interest in any male like just zero and I, I don't I remember this moment like my sister mentions it a lot we had family friends over and I don't know how it came up, but somebody was talking about somebody lesbian Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know you're a kid, you're in kindergarten or like you're in grade one or whatever. And I remember my sister said I was marching from the one side of the kitchen to the other saying, I'm a lesbian, I'm a lesbian. And (laughs) I didn't know what it meant, but like there were, it was, was actually quite a deep moment because Mm. I didn't know what it meant, but I felt so confident and so happy, just like shouting those words. Mm. Um, I'm sure it was very weird for everybody else there, but um, (laughs) I just, that, that was the moment. And as I got older, obviously in high school, you're like, people are having crushes and, you know, you have those little boyfriend and girlfriend in high school and primary school and, I was like, "Oh my god!" I was looking around like there has to be somebody else that also is interested. Like the other girls were not saying anything about like, "Ooh, you know, she's cute." It was just like the boys; like they all wanted the boys. So that was just like, "Oh my god!" I'm there's something mm-hmm. really wrong. So I started being really stressed about it in primary school. Yeah,
0: right. And when you say something really wrong, was that more of a an internal thing about you judging your own thoughts or was it that you had maybe a crush or you know something going
1: it it was just that no nobody had spoken about anything like there was no girl saying I have a crush on another girl Mm -hmm. so I was like if nobody's speaking about this at all I must be like crazy or there must be something wrong because there's no conversation about it at all and obviously I, I was having little crushes here and there like I was having a crush I remember but my first celebrity crush which is weird because I'm so not attracted to it now it was Beyonce and I was mad I was like wow. <laughs> you know and I was like mm-hmm. I've never felt I remember that feeling of like oh my goodness I was like watching her in Destiny's Child like it was Destiny's Child I was just like mm-hmm this honey is beautiful. <laughs> and I was just like, I I felt so many emotions and I don't know why I felt so strongly for her, but I just, I felt so, so many emotions for her and I couldn't talk about it to anybody. Like I couldn't be like, well, how hot is Beyonce? You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And that was really stressful for me. Like very, very stressful. Mm-hmm. So it was crushes on celebrities maybe, as well as maybe one or two crushes in, in primary school. I don't remember. Actually, I didn't really have big crushes on the girls in my primary school. Sorry, girls, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> I really didn't. Um, high school, yeah, I did. Um, and that was harder because in high school, it's like it's totally normal to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend mm-hmm. in high school. True. and it's like Sananda when are you getting a boyfriend and I was just like nah man I'm just like working on myself and I just want to like ugh, boys it was so stressful having to explain myself all the time mm-hmm. all the time it, it got every time the girls would get together during break I would get so stressed because I don't want somebody to mention even the word lesbian I don't want somebody to talk about you know boys I was just like I can't pretend anymore it was so hard mm. it was very tough it was really tough yeah true
0: so far removed from your days of your younger years rather where you're just walking around screaming that you're a lesbian
1: exactly <laughs> yeah. so different I was very different as as a little kid yeah mm. and
0: yeah. um how did you come to terms then with your identity with no one to speak to
1: um <sighs> I don't know. Uh, come to terms with it. Oof, that took a while. That really, really took a while. Um, I started realizing towards end of high school that there was girls from other schools that were more open, like about the sexuality, um, there was a specific girl's school and they were very open about their, some of them, because you live in hostels, girls are just like, (laughs) yeah, they're they're very, actually they're very different to like, you know, they're just a different type of breed actually. Um, So they were very open. Some of them were very open about the sexuality and I got to talk to a few um, and have little like hiding my little relationships on the side but I still didn't really accept myself. And I remember waking up at the, like at night and just being like, I don't think I can ever come out. And I was like, what am I going to do? Because I was like, I cannot be with a man. I was like, I, I can't. Because in primary school, I had a friend who actually asked me out, but he ended up moving to another school in KZN. So I was like, cool, oh, I don't have to see him. <laughs> I don't have to see him and- that works perfectly and I can say I have a boyfriend so that works out for me Mm -hmm. and (laughs) he would call me and I would just like not want to answer the calls every time he was in town I was just like I'm busy you know like (laughs) right
0: but when he's out of town oh yeah I have a boyfriend
1: (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so it it kind of worked out for me but um I I still I really really struggled um I only came out when I left the country actually I didn't when I was in in South Africa and when I was studying, I was like really depressed. That's when I kind of got diagnosed with anxiety. Like I was even, there was one day, I think I was so stressed. I was like halluci- hallucinating. I was so stressed and anxious and I didn't know what was going on with me. I remember trying to finish a test. It was a really important test. And I was like, I have to go. And she's like, you're gonna fail. And I'm like, I have to go. I'm, I don't know what's happening with me. And after that, that's when I saw a psychologist and I wasn't even honest with my psychologist about my sexuality Mm -hmm. I was so fearful of anybody knowing that I was just like I'm not even coming out to this person who I know is not going to go out and tell other people
0: right so wait just hang on a minute for me so I just want to explain to the listeners how old were you when this whole experience was happening
1: which experience like the anxiety or yeah
0: the anxiety and coming out because you said um I came
1: out yeah yeah I came out in in layers I came out to my parents last um when how old was I I think I was nine Mm twenty I went to Canada when I was I kind of I ran away to Canada I think I was 20 (laughs) it was a while it was it was a while ago (laughs) it was a couple of years ago actually um I think I was twenty one. I think that's when I went to Canada. I went to Canada and that's when I, I only came out because I met somebody. (laughs) That's the only reason I I came out. And if I didn't meet her, I don't think it would have been easy for me to come out. Mm -hmm. Um, I met somebody that I was actually really in love with. So I think it was around 21. Yeah, Yeah, 21, 21. I came out to my sister first because I already knew she knew. I I knew she knew, but I wasn't ready to tell her. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh, I remember now.
0: So speaking of is that um, the Sananda I know and see today is very um, mass presenting. So it's interesting yes. when you say that nobody knew. I'm wondering, um, could you like maybe give us a
1: vague <laughs> idea of what you look like? Okay. <laughs> they knew, but they, they, they kind of knew. They were like, mm, Sananda. Look, I had... I was just your normal girl with, like, long hair. I had, like, a pushback. Basically, my hair was tight. I had, like, a little puff. Um, And I just wore, like, your normal T-shirts and shorts and just very, like, not, I would never wear dresses, Mm -hmm. um, but I would wear, like, maybe, like, a pink T-shirt and, like, little shorts and, like, little things that are average that are not, like, too you know, that, that, that don't, you don't, you won't suspect something too much. But like, I remember coming out to two of my guy friends and they're like, are you having this bride to tell us that you're a lesbian? Cause we already, we already <laughs> knew, we, all, we always knew Nanda, Those you know, friends, they were right? just like, yeah. Cause they're like, dude, homie, like, come on, look at okay. you. Um, so yeah, I looked different. Um, when I got back to South Africa, I cut my hair mm-hmm. and I was just not the same. I was like, I can't, I don't want this hair. I don't want this long hair. This is not me. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's, uh, I'm trying to think. Um. Yeah, I was, oh, I didn't want to, I was really scared to cut my hair. I was really scared to look a bit different because like now you can't really explain. Now you can't really, now people really know they 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 really really, they really know but to a certain extent i didn't i didn't care like i knew my sister knew and how i kind of came out to her is that what you want to know as well like how okay i feel like i'm rushing so no not at all all right so let me explain how i kind of decided to come out and how i was before i went to canada i was dealing with a lot of i was feeling lost i was anxious i was that's when my anxiety was at its worst um I wasn't happy with what I was studying. It wasn't when I was studying psychology, I was studying environmental management and geology. Um, And I didn't see myself doing that for the rest of my life. So there were so many aspects of my life where I was so unhappy, Mm. so depressed. So I was like, let's go to Canada. Um, I went to Canada and within the first month, there was this girl in primary school who I had a really big crush on, really big crush on. And how did I not mention that? Like, yeah, she was, she went to another school, Mm -hmm. um, but we used to go to like homework school, basically. Like I was a very energetic kid. And like, if you aren't monitoring me, I'm not going to do my homework. (laughs) So my my parents would be like, you need to go here so that somebody can monitor you so you can do Mm -hmm. your damn homework. So I had to go somewhere and she would come there as well and do her homework as well and I had the biggest crush on her and I couldn't speak to how I was so shy at that point, like so shy. Um, and she would speak in Sutsu to a friend and like, I could understand her, you know, she would just, she wasn't flirting, but she was saying nice things about me to her friend, like, Oh, she writes nicely or she, she, you know, she looks nice today or, you know, something like that. And I, I, I pretended that I didn't understand, but yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just couldn't, I couldn't talk to, I I just couldn't talk to, and I really struggled to talk to, I would just do my homework, and be like, can I leave, you know, (laughs) because, yeah, I was just like, this is too much, and I look crazy, Um, and then I saw her, uh, when high school hit, obviously, we didn't go to that, um, after homework thing vibe, I don't know what you call it, Mm -hmm. Um, but I saw her in varsity, and like, I remember her greeting me and I was just like I looked like such a loser because I was so fine with the other girls but with her I was just like hey and I just like I think I ran off I was so weird about it like I was so weird and I remember she ended up telling me she's like her friend said to her she's like yo do you know that chick because she's acting like she doesn't know you um anyways when I went to Canada the first two three weeks um I ended up invite just inviting her on Facebook. I'm like, oh, here she is. I ended up inviting her on Facebook and we started talking. And within those couple of weeks, we kind of fell in love so badly. <laughs> so hard. You know, um, and I was like, I love this girl so much. I I I can't hide when I get back to South Africa mm-hmm. in a couple of months. I think I had like six, seven more months in Canada and I was like, I can't imagine hiding this girl. I was very much in love. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I decided, I was like, I'm going to speak to my sister about it, but I'm not going to come out in, in a way and be like, yo, Tara, like I'm lesbian. Cause I was like, I know she knows and she just wants me to tell her because mm-hmm. she would always hint and be like at brides or whatever. Like, you know what? I just, people just need to be themselves and they just need to <laughs> live their lives. And I would sit there like so awkward no, wanting yes, to die. So she, could have
0: and, told me. she could have taken it yeah, out of your misery.
1: <laughs> and I was like, I know what you're doing you know but I like she was just trying to be like we need to figure out a way but like she could I think she could see that I just wasn't ready Mm -hmm. Um, so I just ended up messaging her and I was like hey do you remember this girl and she's like yeah I do and I'm like well she likes me a lot and my sister's (laughs) like well how do you feel about her and I was like I really like her too and she's like you should go for it Mm -hmm. and that was like how I kind of came out to my sister Mm -hmm. and I remember my sister that night telling her boyfriend and they had a celebration. (laughs) I think they got like wine. They were so happy and they were like, so just like, finally, finally she has come out, you know? Um, So that's kind of when I first came out to my sister and yeah, that was really important for me. Um, Yeah. I asked her to be my girlfriend before I get I got back to South Africa and got back. I got back to South Africa and things were really great. I kind of came out to my friends. Um, but there was this one guy who kind of did it for me as well, because I was in the street walking with my girlfriend at this point, like I didn't care. I didn't care if other people saw me. And I went to high school with him and he he saw me and my girlfriend in, in one of the busy streets in Bloemfontein um, holding hands and kissing. And there was like a high school group, but I was like, I don't like these high school groups. I wasn't in it because mm-hmm. I, like, I don't like that stuff. Um, but he was like, yo, I saw Sananda in the street kissing some girl. So he kind of like told everybody, but I was like, I don't care. So a lot of friends messaged me and they're like, oh, why didn't you tell me? Like nobody was like disgusted. Mm-hmm. Um, people were very accepting Mm. of of that yeah but it took a while to come out to my parents that's another story Mm. um that took me a couple of years um so me and this girl dated for a while like almost three ish oh three and a half years wow yeah we dated for a really long time unfortunately unfortunately things end and that's it is what it is Mm -hmm. um but that's that was that was not a problem. Um, so after dating her was very different to kind of being with the other girls. I kind of had little relationships with. I don't really count it uh, the other relationships as. I'm not trying to say they weren't important, but I feel like this relationship was really was deep. It was intense, and you know she would stay at my home. Um, with my family and I would be like, Oh, it's my best friend. And I'm the type of person that like growing up, I didn't like visitors. I got very stressed with like having to host. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I'll, I'll go to my friend's house, you know, we'll hang out there because that that wasn't a problem. But then there was this specific girl uh, who I said was my friend and I'm sure my parents were like, this is very confusing, but she used to stay sometimes for like two weeks. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Holiday time, she would stay for like two weeks. And we were kind of always together. And my mom um, especially really fell in love with her like a daughter, you know, like really. So when we broke up, it was very like, where is she? You know, and and being heartbroken and not being able to tell, like my mom and my dad, because they were like, what's wrong with, they call me Nanda. Um, yeah. My family calls me Nanda. They're like, what's wrong with Nanda? Cause I was devastated. Mm-hmm. I was so devastated. Um, I couldn't really express that to my parents and I didn't come. It took me a while to come out at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was coming more into myself and like being just more comfortable in my body and myself. And I had, I was able to, to show off this, not show off, but like become this, you know, like you said, masculine presenting, like that energy was very, very important for me. Like that was also very hard about like growing up because I felt like I wasn't able to show off that masculine side that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like I have a really good balance between like that feminine side and that masculine side, but obviously the dominant side is that masculine side. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it was kind of coming out a bit more and like around my parents, I kind of had to hide that a bit. And mm. I was, I didn't want to do that because I was so comfortable. I'm so comfortable in that, um, in this energy, this masculine energy. I love it. And, and I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, And one night I remember telling my friend, my best friend and my sister, I was just like, I'm itching to, to, to tell to tell my parents, like I was itching. I think at that point I was rec- I recently started dating somebody new. Um, I was really into her, of course, because, you know, if you're going to date them, you should be into them, but <laughs> <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't really about her this time. It wasn't, it wasn't really about her. It was about me. Like everybody knew, like a lot of my cousins knew, a lot of the people around me knew, like I would hold my girlfriend's hand because I'm very like, I'm very affectionate. Like I'm very, I want you to not just emotionally know that I care about you, but like physically as well. So mm-hmm. holding hands and things like that is very important for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very open about that. So I didn't want my parents to kind of like find out from somebody else. Like I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I don't know how I'm going to tell them. Yeah. Um, so one night, I don't remember what happened, but me and my best friend went out and we just got so trashed. <laughs> um, I think it was during holiday times. I don't know. We were all home. It was like, I think it was Easter or I'm not sure when it was. Was it December? December but everybody was home from wherever they were, whether it was from work or from, you know, from uh, uh, school or whatever, we were all home. Mm -hmm. And I remember we went to the bar and I came home and I sat on the couch, really trashed. And I was just like, I'm a lesbian, you know, (laughs) like it, (laughs) that's, that's really how I came out because I think it was in me so badly and I was struggling and I was like I want to tell them so badly that like that night everything just like came out yeah. and I wasn't like trying to put it a certain way I was just like yo this is the situation I'm I'm lesbian mm-hmm. and um obviously caught them of God but they were just like oh, finally
0: yeah. what
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it was a thing what of like with, yeah they were like, we've been waiting for you to tell us because we've always known. And then he's like, my dad has a friend, and he's like, I was talking to Brigitte about because um what you call it? his friend's daughter is lesbian. Mm-hmm. So my dad was like, you know what? I think I think Nanda's lesbian too. I really, I really think so. So they were already having that discussion, and yeah, so he he was already talking about it with other people. And my mom knew, you know, she, I don't think she was speaking about it to anybody, but they kind of knew they mm-hmm. always, they always knew. And like, I was just crying because I was like, I don't want to disappoint anybody. Cause like still your parents, you don't want them to see you or start treating you a different way, you know, mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but they took it so well and was a really amazing night. And things just changed after that. It was just really great because now I could speak about girlfriends well mostly to my mom you know sometimes dads are just like there but they're yeah, yeah. Thanks. but you know you don't have like those deep conversations about mm-hmm. certain things mm-hmm. um so it's just really nice that now I can my mom be like so what's happening in your life who's uh you know is he somebody you know why aren't you dating this one or what about this one? You know, those types of conversations I can have with my family. And I'm so grateful for that. Like, I'm so, so grateful. Um, I just wish more people had because not a lot of people, not everybody has that. So true. Yeah. 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 Which is why mm-hmm. I
0: have this podcast as well. So that um, for, yeah, just to hear the different range of stories and people can yeah. identify with whichever one and pick and choose, make their own salad out of our stories. But um, as long exactly. as they're, they're not alone, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's what you, you feel alone to a certain extent. Cause you're like, it's my life, even though there's another lesbian or gay or whatever, it's like, I'm an individual and I have to kind of like do this by myself, but like, it's good to know that there's like, there will always be, there will always be people that will support you always always, always. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And speaking of people that will always support you, um, who would you say has been like what bell hooks will call the enlightened witnesses, um, people who have been most helpful during your process of identity formation? My sister.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I can just be myself um, 100 percent with her, and she's always had my back. Mm. She's always had my back, and even that time when I got back from Canada, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to cut my hair, and she—that was cutting my hair—was a big moment for me. It was a big moment for me as well. She's mm-hmm. like, I booked, I booked the the you know the salon. You'll be there at like 11 o'clock in the morning. You know, she was very, she's still that person that like, be yourself. Just be yourself. She's like, you want to wear that? You want to do that? Then let's go get it. You know, she's very, that really helped me. Like it really, really helped me become who I am. And now it's like, it took my mom a while to kind of get used to how I was dressing. I was starting to change and she was just like, oh, okay, we're really going for it then. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like she was, it was like, okay. You know, it was so hard for, you know, the mom to see you kind of like change to more of a masculine style. Mm -hmm. Um, even though she's very like, she supports me, and she all her friends know, all her family knows, and she always says, "If Nanda's not gonna hide who she is, why should I hide? Why mm-hmm. should I hide that part?" Um, but yeah, my sister would always be there, like go shopping, shirts and and earrings, and you know certain things. Like she's always, she's always been that person that was like, "Yeah, it's fine, it's mm-hmm. fine. Who cares?" You know. So that really, that really helped me become who i am yeah that's support really yeah for sure
0: Mm
1: -hmm. big shout out to your sister Um, yeah (laughs) for sure yeah i'm interested
0: to know what haircut did you get could you give us a celebrity Did you? i actually um
1: well he has had a lot actually you know the hairstyle that i have now you know um you know like just my hair I don't even call it a hairstyle anymore it's just it might be more curly sometimes it might be less curly but um but I remember telling the lady at the salon it was a picture of Halle Berry with her short hair um well she still has short hair
0: yeah, yeah so she still
1: has short hair AM. I know she had long Indian hair Halle Berry is hot so nice yeah choice. great choice <laughs> yeah All so I was like I kind of <laughs> yeah I was like I want this but it wasn't exactly like that but I loved it even more because I was like actually this is better you know so she kind of made it a bit more masculine and I didn't necessarily ask for that it was a bit short on the sides you know Mm -hmm. it had a nice fade and and was clean. Like I like that whole clean kind of very important for me to like look clean and neat. It's yeah. very important for me. Um, so she had that on lock and I was like, great, you know, cause I looked at the picture of Halle Berry. I'm like, it's not the same, but <laughs> she did. her, Yeah. I was like, it's not, but she did her own thing. And I was like, I love it. Mm-hmm. This is, this is me. I looked in the mirror and I was like, this, oh, this is me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was Yeah, when I showed my mom, she's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I think it took a while for my mom. And now she's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. great. I love it. Oh, your hair looks so nice today. So, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely beautiful. Okay, Mm -hmm. so one of the last few questions will be about um, the community and how you went about finding and maybe a queer community around yourself, if you have one at all.
1: I am, I do, but I am. queer community is very um it it almost feels like everybody is in each other's business to a certain extent and (laughs) I like to I'm saying that in a very respectful way (laughs) um but I I want to do things in my own terms Mm -hmm. and I enjoy my privacy and I enjoy not having my business all over the place Mm -hmm. um so for me to be at every single function every queer, you know, party or whatever, it's not necessary for me to do that. I'll only do that where I'm like, yeah, let's do this. I'm more of a once in a while, you know, Mm -hmm. because there's, it's just, it's necessary for me to overly immerse myself to a certain extent. I think that's just who I've always been. Mm -hmm. I don't need to, but Mm -hmm. if I want to, it's there. It's really there for me. And it's nice to feel like, oh, there's other people that are like you or similar to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, any any community has their problems. And I feel like this queer community also has like certain problems and, and it's not as solid as we'd like it to be. I think we still have a way to go. I think so, yeah. But um, yeah, it took me, how did I get into it? I think um, through social media, I think through social media has been a great way to connect with a lot of queer people. I think it's been great. You know, Instagram, I think is probably the best place. Mm -hmm. Um, You kind of start talking to people, you make great friends, you meet up with them. uh, You see another friend, friend of a friend. And that's how I kind of got into meeting, you know, people who are similar to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's how it kind of happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah yeah continue
0: (laughs) i mean i could i i don't want to make you really i was going to ask what the issues you have with the community but i don't think that's important
1: uh, unless you do i don't really think it's that important because it's i mean we can talk about it but it's not really affecting my life negatively i just think there's you have this huge community um that understand each other to a certain extent, but you still have lots of issues within, whether it's just within lesbians, within, you know, the masculine lesbians or the femmes or the bisexuals, like there's, you know, there's there's tension to a certain extent, but we don't necessarily talk about it because you don't want to be like judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I just sit back and I listen to people and I listen to them talk. And it's like, they, there's clearly issues on different sides. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, it's not, it's not a big problem. It's not a big problem. I just know that there are problems. Right. And yeah.
0: um, our closing question, is there anything you'd like to tell your younger self or younger lesbian identifying kids about anything? Parting work. I,
1: f- I think the most important thing is to, know that things will always be okay. Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: think that's the most important thing because I didn't think that things would ever be okay. Mm. And here I am now. I never thought that things would be okay. So to tell yourself that things will always work out and that come out when you are ready to. There's this pressure. Like, for example, my sister was very much like, you know, because she cared about me and she could see that I was like struggling a bit with being fully myself, even though other people were accepting of who I was, but I wasn't ready. So people should always make sure you will come out when you are ready. Whether somebody's forcing you, even if like a family member knows, you will come out when the time is right. And I know I did it when the time is right. Whether it was because I was so madly in love or because I was drunk or whatever, it should be on your terms. And that's it, never feel pressure to come out for anybody else it's such a it's your own journey it's your own journey and you will do things when you're ready to and that's it
0: thank you so yeah. much for those words and thank you so much for your time is there yeah. yeah is there anything you'd like to plug a social media account or a project
1: um like a social media like what like mine or like just in general or like what (laughs) just in general
0: anything that you're passionate about that you want
1: people to know about um there's not a lot I mean I am starting to get to a point where I want to maybe express myself a bit more like use social media to kind of maybe I'm a very playful person. And sometimes I say very meaningful things through a playful way or whatever. So you can follow me if you'd like, but I don't have like projects at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would love to be able to do something in the future with regards to music and mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, So if anybody wants to talk about music and things like that, you know where to find me, I guess. Sananda Des, there you go. Awesome. And that's on all platforms? Um, I'm not very big on TikTok Uh, I'm not on Facebook I haven't been on Facebook so you can find me on Instagram Um, I think if I go on TikTok I'll never leave so it's best that I just stay on Instagram yeah you'll find me on Instagram (laughs) yeah All all right it was lovely talking to you thank you so much thank you so much
0: Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you listen on. And also remember to follow the social media pages at Open Closet Podcast and complete the surveys available in the link tree. Have a lovely week.